What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we have the Hall of Fame announcements coming later on Tuesday night. Before that, we're going to do a bit of a preview, talk about a bit of a guide to the election results, who could possibly be elected, who may fall off the ballot, and just a little bit more about the candidates that are being voted on this year. So before 6 p.m. Eastern, MLB Network will, that's the time MLB Network will reveal it, but right now, we're coming off a year where David Ortiz was the only player to be elected. The year before that, nobody was elected. So few players have been inducted to the Hall of Fame in recent years. We did see Fred McGriff get unanimously selected a few months ago by the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee. So he will be inducted later this summer, but who's going to join him? Well, the returning, the 28 candidates, the returnees are including Bobby Abreu, Mark Burley, Todd Helton, Tori Hunter, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Andy Pettit, Manny Ramirez, A-Rod, Scott Rowland, Jimmy Rollins, Gary Sheffield, Omar Vizquel, and Billy Wagner. Then you have a bunch of first-timers. Some of these are very familiar names. Bronson Arroyo, Carlos Beltran, Matt Cain, R.A. Dickey, Jacoby Ellsbury, Andre Ethier, J.J. Hardy, John Lackey, Mike Napoli, Johnny Peralta, Francisco Rodriguez, Houston Street, Jared Weaver, and Jason Worth. And just going through all those names, if if we just look at the returnees, so guys who were on the ballot last year, the player returning who had, who had the highest percentage of votes last year was Scott Rowland, 63.2%. And then after him, it was Todd Helton at 52%, then Billy Wagner, 51%. Remember, the threshold is 75%. And the player who has the best chance of getting in this year is indeed Scott Rowland. So Scott Rowland has a very strong resume. You know, I know this is someone many people have said in recent years was very underrated. Looking at his advanced stats, he's one of these players that Sabermetrics has began to help when people get more familiar with Sabermetrics, wins above replacement, for example. They realize that Scott Rowland was a very valuable player. So as I just mentioned last year, he was on 63.2% of ballots. So he was 47 votes shy of being elected. And I mean, as of writing this, there is this thing called the Hall of Fame tracker for tracking the publicly known votes. And basically, Roland is on pace for 80.1%. But we don't really know. There have been eight, sorry, 158 public ballots so far this year. Last year, 394 were cast. So there's still a lot of ballots to go, but at least for, for let's say perhaps two thirds of the votes that we know, he has an 80% share. So it's close, but we'll see if he keeps up that pace. I mean, typically percentages go down as the actual results go in. And, uh, also, the voters who keep their ballots private generally tend to vote for fewer players. But if Scott Rowland is selected, he would be the 18th third baseman in the Hall of Fame and the first since Chipper Jones to be inducted since 2018. But to be honest, like 63 to 75% is a very big jump. So who knows? But we'll find out later on Tuesday night. The most interesting first timer, though, is definitely Carlos Beltran. So he has a case for the Hall of Fame. He really does. And let's go into that. Let's talk about this. 
If you look at baseball reference, Carlos Beltran has the exact same career war as Scott Rowland, 70.1 wins above replacement. And given how much war has come to influence baseball writer voting, you would think that just from that stat, then Carlos Beltran's Hall of Fame case is just as strong as Scott Rowland's. But the difference is that Carlos Beltran has the added hurdle of his involvement in the Astros 2017 sign-stealing scandal. So, I mean, that cost him his job as Mets manager before he even managed a single game. And 2017 was his last of 20 seasons as a player. And it really goes without saying that his Hall case is much more rooted in the 19 seasons that came before it than, you know, that final year where he posted a 666 OPS as a 40-year-old. But his role in the scandal is definitely a complication in this process because first-time first time ballot, like first guys who are on the ballot for the first time generally, you know, have a harder time. If you're not an obvious lock for the Hall of Fame, then voters tend to shy away from, which I don't understand. I don't understand that logic at all. It's like if a person's a Hall of Famer, they're a Hall of Famer. Why would you say, oh, I, I don't believe he should be on the first ballot, but I'll vote for him next year. That makes no sense at all because it's not like he went out and hit more home runs over that time. So if you thought, if you think he's a Hall of Famer at any point, then you should vote for him on the first ballot because they're not improving their resume as time goes on. That's just arbitrary. It makes no sense. It's just one of those those uh, olden day mentality things. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, Beltron in the in the Hall of Fame tracker is polling at fifty six point six percent. So I mean, he'll definitely uh, get majority of votes, I think. But it's, it's a far cry from the seventy five percent. So, who else? I mean, Todd Helton got 52% last year. Billy Wagner, 51%. These guys, you know, these guys uh, definitely have a lot of people voting for them. But 75% is definitely a high threshold. And, and, and rightfully so. You know, the Hall of Fame is the, is the most esteemed museum in baseball. I mean, it's really the only one, but it is what it is. So... Just kind of to touch on Beltron's case a little bit more, just since we're talking about it. He is, you know, first of all, 20-year big league career, switch hitter, rookie of the year, nine-time all-star, three-time gold glover. Okay. He did fall short of some of the conventional milestones, like 3,000 hits, 500 homers. But he does have some stats that jump out at you. 1,500 runs and 1,500 RBIs, 500 doubles, 400 homers, 300 steals. That That is a rare club. The 500 double, 400 homer, 300 stolen base club, only five players in history have done that. And if you look at the full, full list, it's A-Rod, Barry Bonds, Andre Dawson, Willie Mays, and Carlos Beltran. So that, I mean, that's a, that's an elite club. That's a power, power and speed combo. And also that's the thing about Carlos Beltran. He was known for being a very good base stealer. I mean, unparalleled stolen base. Rate. He has the highest stolen base rate of all time. I mean, if you're looking at all players with at least 200 career steals since 1920. So basically, I mean, we'll just say for highest steal rate of all time. 86.4%. 86.4%. That's higher than my, uh, Tim Raines, Mike Trout, Trey Turner, Gerard Dyson. But that's the top five right there. Carlos Beltran, Tim Raines, Mike Trout, Trey Turner, Gerard Dyson. And that's what you get. With Carlos Beltran. And then 70 career war. That's a big round number. Like I said, ties in with Scott Rowland. 
and a 1,000 postseason OPS. So I think Carlos Beltran will make it to the Hall of Fame eventually, but it might take voters a few years to warm up to the fact. So that's going to do it for today, folks. That's going to do it. We'll see the, pre- I mean, that's our preview. We'll see the actual results at 6 p.m. Eastern. But if you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.